are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Wow. Good morning, Hope Church. My name is Chris and I get the joy, along with Phil, of leading our church. In a few moments time, we're going to get into these verses that James has just read out. But before we do, I just want to thank you for being with us this morning. If you're new to the area, you know, perhaps you're starting university or you're just new to Hope Church, you know what, you're so welcome. And you're joining with many people all across the area from our living rooms and so I'm so pleased we can get together. You've picked a great morning to join in with us as we start a new series exploring the book of Galatians. But also as we press into this new season of church life, I was so excited to announce this week through our blog the fantastic news that Stuart is going to be joining our eldership team. You know, we've been receiving feedback from the church about his appointment and every bit of feedback we received is positive and affirming. It affirms the call of God that uh, the call that God has placed on his life and I'm so pleased that you've given that to us. Of course, it being such a key moment in church life, it's great that we've been able to host this morning from the school as we prepare to have a one-off physical meeting on the 18th of October to celebrate together. More details is going to come out about that and all that it means over the next few weeks. But if you've somehow missed the news, do, do go to our blog page uh, of our website and you can, you can find out more there. Okay, so come on, let's get into these incredible opening verses of the book of Galatians. By way of introduction to the book, I want you to, I guess, imagine a ship sailing on the high seas. You know, there's a captain and often a navigator with the map and the compass checking to make sure that this ship is sailing in the right direction. And when the seas are, are calm and the sun is out, you know, navigating is fairly easy. But when the wind blows and the rain pours and the waves swarm, navigating can become really tricky. And it's really easy to veer off course. You were heading in one direction, but now the ship is slightly off. You know, in those moments, it's important to take stock, to take soundings, to recalibrate the dials, to get back on track and make sure that we're on course. The book of Galatians, you know what, it aims to do exactly that. It was written not to one church, but to the churches in the whole area of Galatia. That's kind of modern day Turkey. It was one of the earliest books of the New Testament to be written by a man called Paul, you know, known as the Apostle Paul to many people. And he wrote this book. He had been planting churches in Galatia in specific areas, Pisidian Antioch, Iconium, Lystra and Derbe. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 13 and 14. And so having done that in that time, about one to two years later, after he'd planted these churches, after he'd set elders into them, that's where he wrote the book of Galatians. And when he planted the churches, 
He planted on them on the foundation that being made right with God was all about God's grace, God's amazing grace, which is what I've called this morning's talk, amazing grace. Having laid that foundation, he helped the people to know that being made right with God, having your sins forgiven, knowing identity, security, significance and acceptance, well, do you know what? It doesn't come from hard work or obeying the rules, keeping the law, but it is a free gift of grace. It is God's undeserved favour alone. The people in the Galatian churches, they got this. But then after a few months went by, some teachers from Jerusalem, they came and these were devout Jews and they came and they started to tell those Galatians, do you know what? No. Well, who is this Paul anyway? He hasn't got it right. No. You know, to be a real Christian, you also need to follow the Jewish laws and their traditions. You need to get circumcised. You need to perform ritual sacrifices. You need to eat kosher food and and so on. And they're saying no to be a real Christian you need to follow those rules and practices and do you know what they listened and they started acting that way and after a very short period of time these churches they veered off course and like I said it wasn't one church but it was multiple churches and I believe that these letters have been preserved because they speak to churches today like ours Prophetically, I believe that God wants to speak to us again today because it's so easy for us to veer from the gospel. And so as a a leadership team, we've spent time over the summer reading through the book and seeking God and praying because you know what? It's so easy during the storms of life, during the, the pandemic, during the tough times, during physical distancing and no physical meetings for our ships to be steered off course for us to forget what being a Christian is all about. You know, if, if you've been struggling with your relationship with God over the past six months, you know, I'm not surprised and I'm right there with you, to be honest. You know, we are made to be in community together. And when we gather together, we bring encouragement, words of affirmation, we, we stir up the gifts in one another and, and hearing other people pray, do you know what, it can stir up faith in you and. I want you to know that it might be tough right now, but it won't last forever. And so we want to commend this series to you over these next eight weeks as we encourage one another to get back on track, to steer towards the true gospel, to really understand again God's grace and and know how it impacts every single area of our life, even in the midst of you know the rule of six and and uh, all that this kind of season means for all of us we uh, last went through a new uh, testament book of one corinthians um it was actually two years ago i mean can you believe it we've been part of the church for two years leading it and so it's good for us also to dive back into the new testament to to recalibrate to make sure we're navigating in the direction of god's grace and not veering into things like legalism or apathy or ritual, but heading straight for the life-giving, joy-bringing fullness, all that it means to be saved by grace. And so we're heading back into Galatians for this season. And, you know, if you've new, like I mentioned, you've picked a great week uh, to listen in as you'll hear more about Christianity uh, today and over this series, more about God's grace and also about his church and what he's called his church to do and be in the world. 
So let's just read those verses again, shall we? It says this, Paul, an apostle, sent not from man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Not only that, but all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you. He's starting as he means to on. Grace and peace. It's all, this is what it, the whole book's about. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us. This is the gospel of grace. He's starting as he means to go on. This is what it means for him to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. You know, absolutely. You know, it's it's none of this prolonged greeting like he does in his other letters. None of this, oh, I've been praying for you and this and that. No, he's, he's frustrated and he's passionate and he's getting to the point. I am astonished astonished after all that we've done that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one you preach we preach to you let them be under God's curse. As we have already said so, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. I mean, wow. That, that phrase, God's curse, he, he uses it twice and it means set aside for the Lord's destruction. It's kind of like the strongest curse of first century Jew could make and he is serious straying from the true gospel it is fatal so what we're going to do we're going to remind ourselves of the gospel of grace and then we're going to talk about what are those things that can veer us off course so well the gospel is this and really we've been hearing about this gospel for the last 11 weeks over our hope matters series and uh, and also even the last couple of weeks with those guest speakers we've had from the local churches but the gospel in a nutshell you know so do go back over that especially the hope matters series where you see jesus encountering people but the gospel is this that no matter how good you are or how hard you try, what things you achieve in life, or how much money, business, success you have, how nice you are to your neighbours, or how respectable you are to the laws of the land, ultimately, you are sinful in God's sight. You know, it's easy for people to think that everyone is kind of underneath all good, and just, you get some bad eggs. But the Bible tells us that everyone is by their very nature bad. And sometimes they do good because after all they're made in God's image and he is good. But ultimately the Bible tells us that everyone is bad and that's why the Ten Commandments were given to highlight to us our very nature, to show us that we are not good. You know they say things like do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery, don't lie, do not covet, which, which means uh, wish, wishing for things that other people have. Sometimes people will say well, I haven't cheated. 
or, you know, my spouse or my partner and I haven't killed anyone and yeah, I might have taken the old sweet here or there, but nothing serious. You know, I'm, I'm a good person. But Jesus says, even when you think hateful thoughts in your heart, you, you murder people in your heart. He says, even when you look at another person lustfully, well, you're committing adultery in your heart. Not one person on this planet is righteous. Not even one, the psalmist says. But God is holy. So how can imperfect human beings have a relationship with a holy God? How can they be in harmony and at peace? Well, your sin has to be atoned for. And the Bible tells us that the punishment for your sin is is death. So either you die or someone who is perfect dies in your place to pay the price for your sin. And so God sent his son Jesus. Jesus, he lived a perfect life and he never sinned. Even uh, by people who don't believe in him, they can't find any fault in him. We see that in, in the Gospels. And then he willingly went to the cross and was crucified to the, pay the price for your sin so that whoever believes in him shall not have to pay the price for the sin themselves shouldn't have to die but um, will have that price price paid for them and can come into that perfect relationship with God. This message was not just for Jewish people but it was for everyone who believes that they can come to the God of the Bible not by ritual or sacrifice or law keeping or by good deeds but by grace this free undeserved unmerited gift of God. This, at the time, was radical news. I mean, no wonder that people were shocked by it because all the religions and philosophies of the day, and really that includes today, say that you need to do things to balance out the kind of cosmic scales in order to be with God or at peace or in harmony. But the Bible, it elevates the view of God and it says that God is not manipulated like balancing scales. He knows evil and evil is evil. And there's no amount of good deeds that can kind of outweigh the evil things that are in our hearts and and in our lives and the things that we do. And so, you know, Paul tells the people listening, it's not do, 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 do this law, do this ritual, do this practice. It's done, done, done. Jesus has done it. He paid the price for your sin, all of it, so that now you can come into relationship with God. You can come in not as a perfect person. You can come in as you are, a a sinful person whose sins have been atoned for, paid for as by someone else who has forgiven you and set you free, set free to now live a life pleasing to God, set free to love others, uh, not because you have to, but because you, you get to, set free to live for God, to trust him and follow him. And why wouldn't you? Because he gave you the greatest gift in Jesus. And so you can trust him for even more. You can trust him even for your joy in life. The Galatian churches, they got this when Paul first went to them and led them. But rather than, and rather than walking kind of past the poor uh, in order to go and pay their dues at the temple, they started caring for the poor. They loved their neighbours. They, they welcomed the strangers and the foreigners. They, they welcomed those who were from different backgrounds into their midst. And you, you see when you understand God's grace as a free gift, your outlook on life completely transforms. Because you realise that everything you have in life, who you were born to, the parents you have, what country you were kind of born in, what brain you have, what 
the colour of your that your skin is, you realise that none of it really was your decision or your will. You know, who chose their parents? What that means is that when you meet people with a different brain function or a different skin colour or from a different background or upbringing or circumstances, you don't look down on them as you walk past to do your good deeds. Instead, you treat them with dignity, respect, honour and grace because you realise that just like you, they didn't choose what they have or what they don't have. Understanding God's grace, his undeserved favour, it changes everything. It changes how you view God. It changes how you view others. And importantly, it changes how you view yourself. So Paul writes in verse 3, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Well, how do you get that grace and peace? He carries on from the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. According you know, not to the will of man or to the, to the will of the Romans, but to the will of God the Father. It wasn't a mistake or an accident or second best that Jesus came and died. No, it was God's plan A. And God sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but know everlasting life and joy and fulfillment in Christ. Doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but that you can always know a God by your side. The Galatian church has got this. And in Acts 14, as Paul is uh, speaking to them about him, he's in one of the places called Lystra. And in, in Acts 14, it tells us that Paul was actually stoned for, by some of the kind of uh, Jews for telling the people in Lystra about this gospel of grace and for pe- preaching this message of grace. And so the next day he heads off with Barnabas to a place called Derby for safety and he preaches there and gives them the message of grace. And then he heads back to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. And, and in Acts 14, it tells us that he goes there encouraging to remain true to the faith. And so a year, a year to two later, 18 months later, Paul, having started the church, laid this great foundation of grace, says, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. You know, he's been stoned for this message and uh, just over a year later, they've forgotten it already. It's so easy to veer off course. The Galatian churches knew that. And, And like I said at the beginning, I wonder if God has preserved this message in the Bible for these last few thousand years because we need to be encouraged as churches in the UK not to veer off the course of the Bible, of the gospel. And so what about you? What false gospels is it easy for for you to believe, for us to believe? What type of thinking can take the ships of our lives off course? Where can we get the wrong view of God, ourselves and others? Well, we're just going to look at two of those things. First of all, let's just uh, take a look at some false gospels. Because maybe you're looking in and you're thinking, well, Christianity is just really for weak, dumb, gullible people. Well, I'm a mathematician, you know, I'm from a, that's my background, that's what I used to teach. We've got many scientists, government workers, teachers, nurses, uh, who are all part of our church and who believe this gospel. 
Tim, uh, Tim Keller in his book, The Reason for God. It's a great book where he just documents the evidence for God and explains why intelligent human beings can reasonably come to put their faith in the God of the Bible. And uh, I would encourage you, if, you, if you're looking and searching and wondering, well, why don't you read it? You know, I'd be even be happy to meet up with you. We could go through it chapter by chapter and just talk through what that means and, and what you feel about it. And do you agree with it? You, you can do that. Let's get, get in touch through our website. We can do that. You know, I don't have time for it now, but ultimately I believe that the worldview of the gospel makes the most sense in bringing together all the different aspects of life that, that we know. You know, it makes sense of the fine-tuning of the universe and not the random chaos that we really should expect. It makes sense of the value we place on humans above animals, you know, especially if we're all evolved from the same place. Why shouldn't we just treat each other the same, animals and humans? It makes sense that we hate evil and feel a deep sense of injustice to suffering when things happen. And it's worth exploring if that's something you believe. If you think that Christianity is just for weak-minded people, then what harm will it do exploring its claims? Another way of doing that might be to come on our upcoming Alpha course that starts on Wednesday night. And again, I'll happily join you for that. Again, just get in touch online and we can share more about that. Maybe, uh, a second thing, like the Galatians, you might think that to get to God, you need to do something. This is another false gospel. Maybe you feel like you need to first obey some set of random laws. Maybe you feel trapped in some kind of sin or, or maybe you feel ashamed about something you've done or something that someone else has done to you and you feel, well, God wouldn't want to be near me. Maybe you just don't feel worthwhile. Well, you need to know that no matter how hard you try, you'll never be able to balance out the cosmic scales. You need an undeserved free gift of God, and it's called grace. It's given by Jesus when he came to rescue you. When you give your life to him or, or come back to him, you know what, he will fill you with his peace that knows no bounds. Because it's by grace that you have been saved and you can be saved. And that grace, it comes through faith in Jesus, not by works, not by performing lots of rituals or practices or deeds or laws. It comes by faith. It might just be that maybe you're a Christian and you, you know the gospel, but maybe you've started to place your, the success criteria of your relationship with God on the wrong things and your ship is veering off course. You know, it's so easy to base how much God loves you on what life circumstances look like, on the amount of money in your bank account, on your employment situation, on your relational circumstances, on how much you are used or depended on in the church, on how much you're depended on by others, you know, in a negative way or a positive sense. And over time, what can happen is that when the storm keeps raging in life, we can become resentful of God. And we can look at others' lives and we can think, well, God, how, how come they get it so easy? What's the point of even being a Christian if life sucks like this? We can compare and all this does is kill our joy. Come on, I just want to encourage you. God's drawing you back to the truth. Yes, life is tough, but God is faithful to you and he loves you and he doesn't promise to take it all away, but he does promise to be with you through it all.
So come on, let's draw to him. Let's let's veer our ships back to him. Let's get back on course. Let's recalibrate. Let's come on and, and dig into his word and pray into his promises and, and depend on those things for our joy and not our circumstances. A last false gospel that you might have is that maybe you've really struggled with your faith during the pandemic. You know, maybe you've struggled to access online church. Uh, maybe you've questioned whether you're even a Christian anymore. Maybe you've just really struggled with the whole Zoom kind of life group thing, the Zoom coffee stuff, the, the Zoom meetings. And if the pandemic has, you know, taught me anything, that is that the church is about the people and not the meeting or the building or anything else. And we know these things, but it's, even, it's highlighted it even more. As I mentioned earlier, there will come a time when we can meet together again regularly, but it's not just yet. And until that time, until we can meet people uh, together as a whole congregation, do you know we can still meet in our homes? And Christianity, it's not a lone religion. We're all made for community. And so we need to ask God again to fill us with his spirit. We need to take time to seek him. And, you know, the church, it was started in people's homes, sharing a meal and encouraging one another. Just like Paul was saying, I returned and I encourage you to remain true to the faith. Well, let's, let's all let's come together. Let's take time to go to our life groups if where we're able to where they're gathering let's grab a few friends that you that you might know in a church let's encourage one another we can do these things let's hang out on a on a sunday morning you know the rules are up to six you can have six people watching church let's gather together for encouragement it's it's important to do okay you know we have a bunch of restrictions we have the whole six rule but that's not going to last forever we all know it's tough and this isn't ideal, but God knows us too. And he knows the situation. He knows you. And the church has been through this kind of thing many times before throughout the centuries. And do you know what? It's thrived. Because Jesus is the head of the church. He is building his church. And, and even the gates of hell won't prevail against it. So it's certainly not the pandemic and, and a little virus. Even in this season, he loves you. And he will never leave you or forsake you. He will be with you. Online church it isn't easy but it's not church you and me are the church church is the people of god and in this season we're going to communicate through our screens it's an amazing gift that god has provided for us but it won't be forever so so come on how is the ship of your life are you heading towards grace are you heading towards the gospel are you, are you heading towards god and, and growing in relationship with him or are you veering away just wonder where do you need to recalibrate why not you know i don't know take some time to to write down some truths this week to listen to worship music to read your bible go and sit on a bench and, and pray and just dwell on god's amazing grace that saves us and rescues us that transforms our our view of god that teaches us our significance value and security in him that helps us to treat others with the grace joy and love that he has bestowed on us we're the church we're the people of god so let's be the people in our community, in our workplaces, in our lives. Let's draw back again to him. Let's veer our ships back in line with all that he's calling us to. I want to encourage you, church. Let's dig into him in this season. Let's just not give into apathy and, uh, and sit back, but let's press into what he is calling us to. That's to love him and to love one another. It's quite simple, really.
Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for our time together this morning. And Lord, I thank you for this amazing book of Galatians. That's all about your grace from start to finish. I thank you, Lord God, for how we will see how this will impact every single area of our life, from the way we confront and have arguments with one another, to the, to the way that we uh, bring up our family and our children, to the way we make decisions, to the way we just live our lives and walk in all the freedom that you've given us. And, and I just pray, Lord God, that as we encounter you, as we press into you, would you, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you encourage in us? Would you, would you give us like a faith burst, Lord God, this morning? Remind us, Lord God, that, yeah, church, it's about the people. It's about one another. And I do thank you for this technology. I thank you that we can meet each other screen to screen. And I just pray, Lord God, that, uh, yeah, those moments where we can maybe gather together in twos and threes, Lord, would you help us to encourage one another and build one another up? And for all of those of us that might be struggling like me, you know, with different aspects of our faith, would help us, Lord, to remain true to what you've called us to, to, to fix our eyes on you the author and perfecter of our face help us lord god to trust in you to follow you all the days of our life to and to yeah and to just continue to encounter you to love you and to love others lord god as you have loved us we just thank you lord god for our time together and we just pray as we go into worship again now that you'd we'd have a real sense of your presence with us as we worship you in your heavenly name Amen. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchgilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.